Hello, Balancers, and welcome back to another episode of the Balance Theory Podcast. A very warm welcome back to all our regular balancers. If this is your first time tuning in, also a massive welcome to you. I would strongly recommend going back and listening to episode zero just so you get a bit of a feel for what the pod's all about, when we talk about balance, what that means and looks like. But if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it later and you're here for our special guest today, I don't blame you because she is just one of the most beautiful people I know, so humble, down to earth and just a positive bubble of energy. I'm talking, of course, about Miss Carla Bignesca, or some of you may know her as Bigsy from the radio. Today, Carla really opens up about her journey, not only with fitness and health, but in chopping and changing through careers, her mum's weird habits, <laughs> the opportunities um, that you know can arise if you're open, dealing with negative emotions, and the importance of moving your body and finding a tribe. So she really shares her own experience and journey in which you know she's experienced burnout, low moments, and there's absolutely no denying that those still form a part of her life. That's as humans, of course, we experience those moments, but you know, we really just get to the point that no one has their shit together and it's totally fine. My favorite moment was how she tells me about how a drunk night eating pizza got her enrolled into a PT course. Side note, she's actually an awesome PT, but I absolutely love that. So you'll have to tune in to hear that full story. And also for all tea lovers, you're going to hear a really cool hack as well, which I was blown away by. So won't hold you back any longer. I hope you enjoy this episode. Feel free to share it with anyone who you think might also enjoy it. Smash that subscribe button, leave us a review or rating and enjoy. Carla, welcome to the Balance Theory Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for my beautiful cup of tea as well. Oh, you're welcome. We actually did just go through a bit of a tea hack. Do you want to share that with our <laughs> listeners before we get cracking? Well, I am a massive tea drinker. I don't drink coffee at all, which is strange for someone who's worked uh, breakfast radio and breakfast TV hours. 3 a.m. starts. Yeah, yeah. 2, 3 a.m. starts. I don't drink coffee. I'm not a serial killer, but I just <laughs> don't like it. It doesn't agree with me. So I drink lots of tea. Um, and my little tea hack, which is going to change your life. It will just change mine. I'm still trying to like come back from it. <laughs> so if you've got a tea bag in your, obviously your mug or whatever, if you drag it slowly over the lip, so drag it out of the water and slowly drag it like two, three, four seconds until it's out of the water, it will be non-drip. So you can take it to the bin or the sink or whatever without it dripping. So you've got no to drag rubbish. it out slowly over the lip of the mug. Yeah. Love it. Life-changing. There you go. You might get um, – I'll shoot people over to send you some DMs for some demonstrations. Sure. <laughs> Maybe that could be my thing, teabagging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how that sounds. <laughs> anyway, for anyone listening who's thinking, well, that's a very familiar voice, you are in the same place I was a couple years ago when I first met you. Mm -hmm. I was at the gym and you had – just started training there or you were doing some promo yep. I can't exactly remember and I heard your voice and I was thinking who's got the radio on <laughs> and then alas we met and here we are but can yes. you tell us a little bit about your journey I guess in radio how you got started and yep. what you're doing with yourself now sure sure so this is this is how long have we got because there's a lot to fit in there <laughs> there's a lot of questions um so yeah so we met um training I uh was working in radio and I was working two jobs actually so 
you might know me as Big Z. I used to host a Hot 30 Countdown. Carl and Jack Yo hosted that, of course, a couple of years before me. And it was the best job ever. Traveled the world, um, you know, counting down backwards everyone's favorite songs what every a cool night. Job. It was great. It was one of the best jobs I've ever had. Probably the best job I ever had. And I worked with my best mate, Tim Lee. Shout out to him, who is still on radio in Melbourne. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So I had had this amazing career. Um, and then all of a sudden overnight, it just changed because media, um, a little uh, subjective, and my boss decided that I was no longer the flavor of the month mm. um, and got a hot young blonde thing in who's actually older than me. And I lost my job because I was too old, apparently, which I wasn't because here I am 11 years later and still feel the same. Um, still flying on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so circumstances changed. A um, few years went by. I hadn't really found that job that I'd loved. I'd gone and done breakfast radio in Canberra, which was amazing again it was you know about me being on air and similar to you Erica about you know sharing stories and you love that interpersonal connection um that's what I love about radio being able to to share stories and um and have a bit of a laugh and and you know obviously give breaking news and all those sorts of things there's all those elements that make up what how how great radio is how, as a broadcast medium um so did that in Canberra but you know, it, it's freaking cold down there. And uh, so I was on the move again after a few years. And then I found myself back in Sydney. Sydney's home for me. Yeah. Um, and I really wasn't sure what, what I could do and what I had to offer. I was really quite lost. So you've um, always done radio, like up until that point? No. So in between, I'd done PR um, and worked in marketing. And always in media communication. Yeah, yeah. Talking is very natural for me. Connecting, communicating <laughs> with people is pretty easy. Um, and But none of it really made me happy as such. Like I never loved it. I just could do it and do it proficiently. Yeah. Um, and so I found myself back in Sydney needing to find a job really quickly. And I ended up in a newsroom. I'm not a journalist, um, but not to diminish what journalists do because I actually think they're really hard workers and don't get paid enough. Um, but it just wasn't for me. I don't like the churn and burn of a news cycle. If you have anything to do with um, writing news and presenting news and things, it's it's actually quite a skill. And I recognise it, was, it wasn't really for me, but it was a job I found myself in for a couple of years. And um, like I said, it didn't pay very well. So I was bookending my 4am to 12pm days doing news with a full-time 12 to 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night PR job. And I was completely burnt out. Um, so when we met, I was at that stage. I was really overweight. I hadn't been to the gym in like two years properly. Like I owned a gym membership, but I never went. I felt like it was enough that I had it in my, you know, wallet. I feel like card. so many of us have been there before. You yeah. just have it. It feels good to have it. You know, you yeah. can go whenever, but you never make the commitment to sack never it. Just went. Yeah. In case you want to go one day. Yeah, just in case. And like obviously the hours I was working, 4 a.m. till 8 at night. There's no room for that. There really isn't. And I and it's so funny, like I hear myself sometimes saying, oh, come on, like, you know, you're just making excuses. You've always got time. But I literally had no time and it's because I wasn't making time for myself. Um, and I think that just before you go on, like mm. I think that's a really nice point. The, the fact is like you physically, yes, might not have time, but that's a choice at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, look, and I say that with, a grain of salt because mm. I know a lot of people are burning out, like yeah. working because they have to work. It's but, hard. You know, you you can control, I guess, where you allot your time, whether it's weekends or weekdays. And, you sure. know, if you want to make time for something, that's a choice. Yeah, you can. 
Although, you know, my heart does go out for those people who are struggling and, um, you know, and you do like, you just have to make ends meet. Um, And if that's working two jobs. But for me, um, I hadn't found my purpose. I hadn't found my love. I was on the radio um, doing news and I was a personality, but I wasn't, it wasn't my own show like I was used to. And I was fine because I was contributing and helping, but getting paid very little, which is why I needed the two jobs. But that was also on me because I thought I needed the two jobs to earn as much money as I had done previously. So I wasn't useful to anyone. Like I said, overweight, depressed, um, and I use that in um, a really flippant way. So I don't want to, again, diminish anyone who does suffer from mental health but um, issues. But I was not happy. I wasn't in a good space. Um, And I sought help. And one of those things was going to the gym. And so a colleague that I worked with at the radio station said, oh, you should come and try F45, which is where I met you. Um, and I haven't looked back. Um, well, you're still there, so that's a I'm good sign. I'm still there, <laughs> yeah. Can't get rid of me. And I guess in doing that, in moving my body and finding something, that, like finding a tribe, finding a community there, it actually let me let go of a few things to the point where um, I found a new job within radio. And I guess timing is everything. Timing is, you know, opportunity and experience and all of that kismet lining up. Um, but I honestly feel like once I let go of all the things that I didn't need to and realised that I would be okay, I wouldn't be able to go and do certain things, I wouldn't be able to eat out as much or go on holidays or whatever if I just let go and just did one thing really well, then an opportunity actually did come up and I ended up, you know, earning great money and not that it's about money, but I didn't have to work two jobs then. I could yeah. just work the one job and focus on that. Well, in hindsight, you weren't really because you were splitting 50-50% I wasn't effort, effective. And you can't be 100% in anything. No. You know, so sometimes you do need to have that yeah. moment where you just think like there probably is another way or there can be another way. It's just, it's just being open to the opportunity when yeah. it presents itself. But when you're desperate and when you're um, pushed into a corner, you, you, you'll do anything. I'm a bit of a fighter and I'm a yeah. bit probably a bit resilient in that way and and I just thought that's what I had to do but in letting go I found a great community in in fitness and um, I found a job that I actually really loved and did really well at Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah I I found myself again I guess through that as hippy dippy as that (laughs) might sound no that's so nice Um, but on that point so you said like in letting go that's Mm. how you kind of had this pivot and shift yeah. What what for you helped? So you said you obviously sought some sort of professional help yeah, in yeah, that. But yeah. were there other things that you can recall or that you that I guess maybe were an active inclusion in your life that helped you make that shift? I, I definitely think exercise was huge. Yeah. A huge a huge motivator. Because um I was yeah, I was moving myself, I was expending energy that I had in me like I said I was overweight I um it helps to clear brain fog for me like it helps give me a bit of clarity or just lets me blow off steam yeah like nothing greater than a great kickboxing or boxing session you know or let it out yeah (laughs) yeah and I've never been really like I'm not really a runner I'm not really built for that pretty solid to the ground so I need to find (laughs) things that um you know I can move you in your spot (laughs) yeah exactly um so yeah I think a huge part of that was you know just getting that health and well-being and then also finding um you know a lot of um 
businesses, a lot of organisations, good ones at least, will have an EAP, so an employee assistance program in Mm -hmm. place where you can outreach um, counsellors or therapists that will help you through a tough spot, which is what I did because I just was really unhappy at work knowing Mm. that I had all this experience and all this knowledge and I wasn't using any of it and Mm. I was just stuck in a rut in so many ways. I mean, I don't think that's an uncommon experience and I think... It's, it's a nice story to share because I think for a lot of people, they, you know, they might be in that position. They think they're unhappy and they almost feel defeated. Like they, well, I just can't do anything about it. Sure. But I think, I think it's a really admirable thing to acknowledge that in, you know, despite the situation and, and make a shift. Like it's a bit, yeah. it's, it's a scary thing. Like to think sometimes I've got to jump ship or I've got to just change what's comfortable and what I'm used to. The thing with that is, I guess... There had been so many times where I've just gone, universe, catch me, and universe was looking the other way, um, <laughs> and I have spectacularly fallen. But, you know, in those things are lessons, but there's only so many times you can do that. And I guess the important thing there is if you're not working for an organisation or a business that does have that EAP um, outreach, those employee assistance programs, um, we have great mental health programs through, um, through your GP, through a medical centre mm. where you can... Um, you know, put it through on Medicare, and that's you're you're allowed those sessions yeah. as part you're of our to them, yeah, yeah public health system. Yeah. Um, and I would say that I'd always been quite um, strong, you know, not physically but mentally. I'd, I'd been through a lot growing up, and I'd just always dealt with things myself. And I just found myself, I guess, in sort of like my early to mid thirties, no longer having the tools that I needed no longer knowing how to put things back together. And I guess I was lucky in a sense that I had people that pointed me in that direction because I maybe there's a bit of stigma attached to going and getting help, whether it's from a psychiatrist, sure. psychologist, a counsellor, a therapist, whoever it is that you need to talk to. But there's only so much that you can talk to with a friend or a loved yeah. one or a family member because they may not be objective or they're too close to it or whatever. Um, and in, in certainly in my career and in my you know health and wellbeing mental health and well-being space um just seeing someone to talk about how stuck i was um was a real eye-opener a real game changer for me i think and um there's no shame and there's no stigma attached to going and getting help whereas previously i would have thought oh come on like why do you need to do that for like just get yeah. on with it yeah and i definitely think there is a stigma around that especially mm. when it comes to personalities who are traditionally quite strong so the Mm. actually my first guest ever on the show nancy she's a psychologist who's trying to remove that whole stigma make it a bread and butter at the table type conversation yeah and you know i don't think there's any shame in even if you're a strong person like everyone goes through stuff you know and sometimes there's nothing i've said this to people around me before as well like it's not that you're going for help as such sometimes it's you need a reshift. It's, it's almost like you need clarity or you just yeah. need an objective perspective from yeah. someone who hasn't heard you bitching about X, Y, and Z yeah, for exactly. so long that they've kind of adopted your personal, uh, like your opinion yeah. on it anyway. Mm. It's just a refreshing kind of opinion. Yeah. And you can just be like, oh, I didn't actually think of it that way because they've yeah. got no emotion attached to yeah. the situation. So sometimes exactly. it's quite eye-opening. So I yeah. definitely agree there. That's yeah. That's a nice point. So, um, yeah, so I guess... A few things aligned and like I was saying, just moving myself physically and expending that energy and um, it gave me a bit of clarity and, and put me on this 
weird uptick. My my mum is Thai, um, and she um, has some strange habits, and um, <laughs> she um, will go and see like a fortune teller who who looks at your like astrological map or whatever it is. I don't know what they do. Um, but You've clearly been listening. To yeah, you I know. <laughs> no, because I was really burnt when I was um, in my early twenties. No, not even. I don't even know how old I was. I was maybe 28, 29. I'd gone to see, like, I was in Bangkok visiting mum and she's like, you've got to come and see him. You've got to come and see him. So I went with my sister and my little sister, he did a reading on first and I can speak Thai a little bit, but there was a few words to do with that mumbo jumbo that I didn't quite understand. But basically he told my little sister, you're going to move overseas. You're going to... Um, meet someone, he's going to be royalty, you're never going to go back to Australia to live. Wow. Which at the time, she was only 18 or 19, I think, and it wasn't on the cards for her. And actually now, she is living overseas. She did meet a man, but sadly, he's not in the royal family. Maybe, maybe they're, they're yet to uncover his lineage or something. Hopefully. That would be nice. There, well, there is a Dutch royal family, so it's possible. So, yes. Yes, so my little sister lives in Holland. Um, so that was... Fairly accurate in hindsight, but at the time we thought that was a bit of, you know, quack. Anyway, when it came to me, he's like, he's he's asked for all these specificities, like um, what day was I born? What year was I born? Like what position was the couch in? Like where was the sun? Wow. Like all this weird stuff, like really, really like detailed. And all he came out with was, oh, you're fat, fat, fatty, fat, fat, fat. Like honestly, he kept saying fat over and over again what? in Thai. And I was like... Well, that's just rude because that's not that's just an observation. That's not like giving me my fortune. This is Did you get bullshit. Your money back? <laughs> yeah, I want my money back. Um, so I'd been a little bit burnt um, right. by you know, like looking into the future. This was going somewhere. And I Your can't remember. Habits. Okay, my mum's habits. Weird habits. My, mom, my mom has weird habits. So she was saying to me, "I've gone and done your fortune." This was like in the last couple of years. She goes, "You're on a you're on a downward tick," and basically, in the next seven years. You're gonna. This is gonna happen. You're gonna come back up again, and and showed me all these plot points in my life to do with love, money, security, everything, family, everything. Um, and it happened to coincide actually the uptick. So the downturn. I had all these health problems that were associated with poor lifestyle habits, fatty liver, gallstones, all before I was thirty. Um, and then when I met you and all of this, it was that change and that was an uptick in my mum's weird fortune telling habits <laughs> um and it was an uptick so i do believe that your life does go in cycles like yes it definitely goes and however long that might be um i think you just gotta stick it in for the long haul but mm -hmm. there's markers along the way that if your life keeps spiraling down or you keep feeling down 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 which i was to to reach out and to get that help and um yeah it, it, it all sort of it all converged at the right time and then yep. I've definitely felt up. There's been downs, yes. ups and downs, and there always will be. And I think it's acknowledging that and embracing that and not everything has to be perfect. And it's one thing I used to do a podcast um, about relationships and things and the girl that, that I used to do it with is a, lot, um, a, a few years younger than me. And I just was like, you know, the one thing that I've learned is that there's no arbitrary number that you're meant to hit. There's no box that you're meant to tick when you're meant to get shit done because it just doesn't exist. And I think we're so worried about living this perfect life and, you know, you can't dwell on the fact that, yeah, I had this amazing career up to this point, but um, things happen things for a change. reason, things change. And 
it doesn't matter. All of that shit actually just falls away. Yeah, and to be honest, like things would be so boring if you knew, okay, at 26, I'm doing this, 27. Like I think it's important and it's nice to have an idea of how you want your life to go. Direction is certainly something that's important for me personally. I'm not mm. really a spontaneous fire. <laughs> um, but, you know, in saying that, there are things I said I would have done or ideally liked by 25 that now I'm like, well, that can wait five years. Yeah. You know, and I think it's about... And, and back onto your point about how life goes in cycles, mm. days go in cycles too. Like mm. think of the days where you just feel so low and then you have great mm. days and they just yeah. all balance each other out. And I do think that it's all about, I spoke about this actually last week on or two weeks ago on a podcast with Nick Veg. Um, basically like balance is how you are resilient from those low points and how you appreciate those high moments mm. and acknowledge and understand that things are great right now and you know you're probably going to go through a rough time somewhere again in your future and that's just life yeah that's just how it goes but i'm glad yeah. for you you're on your uptick now so. yeah well i mean yes and no like you know i'm at the point where um you know, obviously there's a pandemic. I don't know if you've heard. Um, and, you know, the media industry that I work in still um, has been hit quite hardly as in, and you know, and as is arts and culture and everyone, everyone across the board, across the world. Um, but, you know, for me personally, uh, there's a definite um, p- glut. There's a pool of amazingly talented people that are now without their jobs mm. um, competing for very few positions. So... For me, like I'm freelancing at the moment and it's great. I've learned new skills and that's what keeps me interested in something, but there's no guarantee of work. Um, So not having that security, I'm usually okay with, but the current climate changes that somewhat. Um, But also like I just, I'm I'm a bit spontaneous. I've never really had direction. I've just gone with the flow and I've just rolled with the punches. Well, that wouldn't have been a bad attitude to have this year now. (laughs) But you're, um, so you, I'll I'll, um, throw it in before you kind of tell everyone yourself. No, that's right. So you ended up studying your uh, PT course and working at the gym. Yeah. Um, So talk to me a little bit about that transition, like why you felt compelled to kind of do something a little bit different or whether it's on the side or, yeah. you know, just talk me through that, that journey. Um, well, I was, I got out of the rut. I'd opened up my life and career, I guess, professionally to possibilities and something came along that was great for me. And I knew that it was only a maternity leave cover role mm-hmm. and that it would only go for 12 months. Um, and it was amazing. I was the executive producer for Jonesy and Amanda, who in Sydney are on WSFM. Um, if you listen to the radio, I don't know if anyone listens to radio anymore, but you should. Um, <laughs> and um, it was an amazing job um, because even though I'm a broadcaster and I wasn't on air at the time, I was learning from some of the greatest broadcasters in this country. And Amanda Keller is an, an amazing human being and was such a joy and a privilege to work with and um she yeah is incredible and so if i'm contributing and i'm learning i'm growing and i'm okay i'm not frustrated i don't get that feeling of fuck i could do this job so much better than you yeah because i'm with people that appreciate me acknowledge me and i'm learning from huge for me um whatever job i do um so i knew that was only gonna be 12 months and um by that stage i was fully into the gym and um i had definitely drunk from the kool-aid and at the end of the 12 months the workplace said, okay, well, you were seconded out of the newsroom. 
Um, you'll just go back there. And I, and I presented them with some great facts. I thought I was Ally McBeal, like you, Erica, <laughs> in your other life. Um, I thought I'd gone there with like, here's how I can add value to the business. Don't put me back in the newsroom. I really don't like it there. I was freaking miserable. Um, but here's what I can do. I can write, I can produce, I can be on air, I can do all these things, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, no, we'll just put you back in the newsroom. And I was like, you know what? You can stick your shit job because I can do so much more than that. And yeah. I know I'm worth more than that. And I yeah. needed to cut the ties. Like I needed yeah. to cut the cord because it would have just been the easiest option to go back there. Yeah. And they were hugely supportive and it was great. But, you know, the girl came back from mat leave and there just wasn't an opportunity within that show anymore. And I was like, I need to go. I need to Timing, go. Right. Yeah. I need to find what it is that I love. And it was at that point I was like, screw you media. I'm going to start my journey on health and fitness. And was drunk eating pizza. Um, and I love stories. felt <laughs> like that. <laughs> and, and literally signed up over the phone with my credit card into a PT course. Um, so I started studying my Cert 3 and Cert 4 off the back of screw you media. I don't want to do a job that I'm going to be unhappy with, I know, in the next two, three months. And I'll be yeah. useless to everyone. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how it started. And then two days later, I got a job offer to go back into media working talk back. So completely different. So I went from FM, commercial radio, on air, talking about Kim Kardashian's booty and like <laughs> the latest Katy Perry song to working with Jones and Amanda, which was a slightly older audience. And, you know, it was great to talk back radio, which I just thought, I'm not dead yet. Why am I going over to AM? Like, this is <laughs> like where old people live. Like, this is awful. But I'll take it because they're offering me really good money and I guess I'm not doing anything for four weeks. At that stage, it was just four weeks over summer. So I was like, well, I can do that and study at the same time. Um, and then four weeks turned into, can you stay on? the? And I actually felt really valued and I was learning. Again, I was learning in something that was completely different. And I, you know, four weeks ended up being two and a bit years. Wow. And I uh, went through a change of being traditional talk back about lifestyle into a sports station, um, which I never thought I would do because I love sports, certain sports, but um, yeah, I had never... Never thought you'd work in it. I'd never be... Yeah, I never dreamt of being a sports broadcaster. <laughs> um, but then there I was. And so still studied at the same time and still found a balance. So I was working breakfast radio hours. So again, getting up at 2.33 o'clock in the morning, mm. doing a job that I actually felt valued in. And it, there were awful moments and the, it was the people that mainly made it awful. Um, but other people made it great as well. So there was a balance within there. Um, but then I was able to go and still have a life afterwards and still study yeah. and still work at the gym. And that was my passion. I think the health and fitness side of things was me actually feeling like I was contributing meaningfully to something. Yeah, Whereas the media side, don't get me wrong, I sold my soul a long time ago and I really have no problem with what I've done and who I am. But the gym thing, I think, brought that all back around. Mm. Yeah, Just helping people and knowing that, like, you know, I've been where you are. I'm still on that journey. For me, there were, and I, this is one of the things, like, I hate, I don't know about you, but I hate before and after shots. Because for me, before shots are really good because they help you stay accountable and show you actually, unless you have severe body dysmorphia, actually show you what you look like. Hopefully with some yeah. coaching, the right people around you, you can see what you want to achieve, where you want to go from where you start. Yes. But an after shot to me, is a, there's a real finality to that. And for me, there's no after because otherwise the journey would be over. Yeah, that's a nice point actually. And 
just having like micro reflected on my own kind of experience. I mean, I've done before and after shots. I um, mean, I've spoken about this previously, so sorry to anyone who's like rolling their eyes thinking sorry. not again. <laughs> um, but you know, I had I had a period where I was doing the body fat scans, mm. and I thought, yep, this is the scan. Like, I've got the best energy. Um, you know, I feel yep. like I look my best. All this, this. stuff, yep. and it was like the worst result. I had received. Mm. Whereas if I look back in the past when I've had before and after shots and I can see like a clear difference, I wasn't like feeling great energy. I wasn't, I didn't have a great relationship with my food, all these things. It was only so much, yes, a photo tracks your, um, I guess, physical Physical. progress, but you have to be clear in in remembering that's all it is. And like, I love that point that you said, it's not, there's no finality in it. You can regress, shall we say, Mm. body wise after that point. You, you know, if you're, if you're going to have kids down the track, your body's going to drastically change as yep. you grow and, and age, your body's going to change. So yep. that's a nice point to remember. It's kind of not like an end stamp on your no. mm, And again, it's journey. Just, it circles back to there's no arbitrary box that you need to tick. So there's yes. no like thing that you have to be. And I guess for me, my journey of like body image and, you know, body acceptance and things like they'll never be a day where I don't go, oh, I wish I could do something different or I wish I could lift heavier or, or oh, I'm having a fat day today or whatever. And there, yes, some of those things are all, is all negative talk and I really acknowledge that. Um, but no day is, is perfect. But what has happened is that I'm a lot happier with what I can do and what I'm capable of and who I can be. And I think that's really, that's something that's different. The other thing is too, like I've been a massive yo-yo dieter like up and down my entire life from I would say from when I was 15 to Mm. you know age 35 36 Mm. um, I'd been every size and shape under the sun at my lowest you know like I would eat maybe not even an apple a day and um, I went to a GP and it was really irresponsible of them to put me on a set of scales and say oh you're overweight but I, I was in the grip of pretty bad eating disorder that could have gone a lot worse yeah um and coming from an italian my dad is italian and coming from an italian household where there was always food and it it was really hard to hide and it was mentally not great and i recognized that um and although it didn't last very long and i was able to get out of it what happened then was this really unhealthy relationship with um food and eating and dieting and and dieting is the clear word there and dieting also is spelled D-I-E. So that's how I feel about it. Um, so, but dieting and binge eating and then not eating and being everything from like a size 10 to a size 18, um, 16, 18. Um, and throughout all of this, actually, it's not about size and it's not about scales and it's not about a number. It's about how much I feel good within my skin and what like i said before what i'm am capable of doing yeah and it's actually nice that for the last couple of years i haven't had to go and buy several different wardrobes that you know <laughs> i've just been one certain can size can keep the jumper from last year yeah season. exactly or like yeah. the same pair of jeans fit and i think that's a probably for me that's my litmus like if my clothes start feeling uncomfortable then I just need to move a little bit more mm-hmm. and the clothes aren't an unrealistic like before I would go and try like buy a size eight and then I'll be like right I'm gonna not eat until I fit in that size eight the reality is my body shape will never be a size eight mm-hmm. I'll never be that size um but 
just finding a balance and trying and just seeing what that's like. Yeah, and finding the the rhythm and the pace that works for you and acknowledging yeah. that that is where you sit. Yeah. It's not chasing like an unrealistic goal as such. No. But I think I think an important thing like when we're talking about body image and you know like the actual phrase body image instantly for me because it's got image in it you're thinking about how I look, mm. right? And it's my relationship with how I look. Mm-hmm. But I think it goes so much deeper than that. It's how you feel. Mm-hmm. It's your energy. It's your relationship with food. It's your positive thinking. You know, the thoughts you have. Yeah. All those things contribute to body image. And I think, you know, if you're someone listening who feels they have a negative body image, it's about like looking at all those things, not just mm. how do I look. Yeah. You know, and, and would you say, you know, from, I don't know, maybe your first 20, 25 years to now, like, what would you say has been like the biggest shift in in your the way you interact with your body image? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of time has passed since then. <laughs> <laughs> Just more um, like maybe a, a simple point in in your relationship with it. Perhaps. Um, it, the thing is, everyone's journey is their own, and it's complex. Um, so earlier in the year, an International Women's Day, um, Lulu Lemon Athletica, the um, athleisure wear athletic wear brand represent one of the best um, yeah. um literally saying yeah i know yeah double, doubled up in it. head to toe even the bra maybe even the undies <laughs> um but yeah so they asked me to speak at um an international women's day um forum on body image and it's funny because i hadn't really given it much thought other than i knew that you know that i that negative thoughts did swirl around there was a lot of negative talk um, that I had never fully accepted who I am and it's taken me and it's been a journey and it's taken me a while and all these cliches and all these things. But the one thing that stuck out in my mind um, was whenever I would... Um, so I had a fairly destructive stepmother growing up um, and she was pretty awful. She's a pretty waste of human space. <laughs> um, and that's putting it delicately. But she's the mother of my little sister. And if it wasn't for her, then I wouldn't have had my little sister. So shout Super out to Alex. Um, but yeah, so um, she, she was awful in a sense that she had terrible negative body image and shamed us all. And I know like body shaming is a big freaking thing of the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but it, it, it does exist. And, and I guess I grew up in a different era and she grew up in a different era as well. And I know I try and put it into perspective and it's all relative, but... Um, you know, she would say, oh, you little chubby. And I think she would say that because she knew that I wasn't her kid. But I don't think she actually realised the full implications of what that might be like and how impactful that is on a kid growing up. Yeah, and carry it through to adulthood. Yeah, and, and I guess I never really... I, I, don't, I couldn't give a shit about what she said because in my head I was thinking, well, you couldn't hate me more than I hate myself. And that's an awful statement. Yeah. But actually... If, if I, you've got to flip it the other way. You couldn't love me more than I love myself. And, and again, it sounds really like stupid, but for so long I'd been in that, that real hateful, um, wall, like walled up place where you can't hate me more than I hate myself. So you cannot touch me. Like you cannot touch me with all your hate because it's already all there. Mm. Um, and so it's like, I'm just the way I am and I just have to accept this. Well, actually you're not. You're so much more than what you think you are capable of and and physically and mentally. And so 
And it's not that I put walls up emotionally or anything like that on purpose, but I just, if you know, I, I couldn't let anyone hurt me any more than I already had been or that I could do it to myself. So it's easy to get in a rut like that and it's yeah. easy to stay that way. So um, the difference between then and now, I think I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been um, and I'm, no, I'm not booking my next modelling assignment, you know, next week. I'm no oil painting, but I'm okay <laughs> with that. Like I'm all right with that. And I think that's time and perspective yeah. and not giving a shit. Like yeah. no one's like looking at me. And I think, you know, I think from, from a personal, like being a PT from a coach's perspective, from where I'm at, where I connect with people is that I can fully empathize. So I hate when I go to a gym and I've got some 21 year old who's like naturally athletically gifted, who's been that way their entire life and has, um, you know, lived, you know, not that half as long as me, totally fine. And it takes all kinds of walks of life, but where I connect with people is like, I get it. Mm. Like I, I've been there. Like I've pushed 25 kilos heavier than I am now and not pushed as in a sled or a dumbbell or a barbell or whatever pushed in my body, like on my person had 25 extra kilos of just weight of, and weight of so much kind, not Mm. just fat, but just emotional emotional weight and everything else. So like letting that go and just being okay with Mm. what it is and, and being that way, I think, is the difference between where I was when I I was in my twenties, where I thought I had to look a certain way and I would stop eating and I would go crazy at the gym and then spiral the other way and just be, you know, like, yeah, you know, gain weight again and just never having consistency. Yeah. And I think, I think a couple like great morsels in that one thing I love, which I would say probably sums up your whole shift is, you went from you can't hate me more than I hate myself to you can't love me more than I love myself. And that's such a simple, like, just sub out the words, but mm. that just changes how you honor and respect your body and how you perceive, you know, others doing the same towards you. Yeah. And it's, you know, in a way, like, I think we get so consumed with what other people think and really mm. nobody gives a shit. No one cares. Like, really, like, yes, okay, you have your loved ones who care for you and stuff. But in terms of, like, the things you think that people care about, no one cares. Like I remember when I walked, like, you know, I left group training and sort Mm. of started my own in the gym. Mm -hmm. I'd get like stressed out, like people watching me, do they think I'm not doing it right? Like, are they just even like checking me out? I'd get uncomfortable. And then you realize everyone's just doing their own thing. Like no one cares about you in in the same space as them. Like you just got to do what fills you up, what makes you comfortable you know, and just let go. Like, it totally yeah. is about that. But it's so hard. Like, that's really oh, hard. Oh, yeah, it's not, and it's not like tick done, said yeah. it. <laughs> there will be days that I don't feel that way and I, and I, and I am down on myself or I am bloating or, um, you know, bloated. Mm. Um, and, you know, not every day is perfect, but it's okay. Yeah. As long as you, like, don't let that negative talk bring you down. Mm. And also don't surround yourself with, like, assholes that think that way that about you. It. Yeah. Yes. And that's another weird thing, like growing older growing older. Because <laughs> I'm like really old. That's um, <laughs> That's I'm a natural blonde. <laughs> um no, like just just a bit of perspective, I guess. Um having the people in your life that add value and that you know you can contribute to and letting go of the ones that don't. I think mm. it's a really strange thing i've had to break up with 
friends. Yes, it's so odd. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, but you just realize that they're not part of your journey anymore and they weren't, you weren't doing anything for them and they weren't doing anything for you and it's okay. It's so fine. I hate yeah. this, like, you know, I've been there and seen people around me. It's like, well, you just, when you ask yourself, why are you friends? It's like, well, because we've been friends for so long. Who cares? And it's like, you know what? We're no longer serving each other and it's cool. Yeah. Like toxic people as well. Like yeah. you do, you end up just becoming toxic. Not because yeah. they're a toxic person, but because the relationship is not conducive to no, your journey or whatever it is. It's just not adding value yeah, and you're that's, not enriching each other in whatever way. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. But, but it's I mean, shit. Because your friends are meant to be there throughout thick and thing and you know like i'm a pretty i'm a very loyal person i would say and um it's a strange thing as an adult to go through and i in your 20s and mm. because you know you, you're meant to have friends forever friends forever <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but like if if a, if a romantic relationship turned that way if you had enough self-respect you wouldn't keep yourself in that position you wouldn't stand for it no you wouldn't let yourself be in that position or you wouldn't drag that person through that so why would you not do that with people so that's another lesson too like letting go of people that were not um being true to themselves and dragging me down in the process yeah um but then also being open to new people in my life like mm. I'm very sociable and I've moved I've moved industries and I've moved careers I've had to you know move towns and and I guess I'm very outgoing and I'm an extrovert and I'm social. I like my downtime as well and I like to be on my own sometimes but you know being open to new people and new possibilities and experiences is another thing and just finding the ones that do enrich your life and do help you on your way. Yeah. No, yeah. that's really nice and while we're kind of on this tangent mm. um and we'll sorry be... so many tangents i know i love tangents <laughs> that's what makes up podcasts. <laughs> um but sort of bringing it back to we we're saying you know there are good and bad days and that's okay mm. what are some of your i guess habits or routines that help you number one like just just stay balanced through your through your routine your day-to-day -day week mm -hmm. and number two like get out of tough moments or just get you through them yeah okay so it's funny like Often we view habits and rituals as a as a negative, as a bad thing. Um, and for me, as much as I am f like spontaneous and I love not knowing what's coming next, I actually am quite a creature of habit. Like I at least need to know a schedule. Like I at least need to know okay, so I'm freelancing at the moment, but give me the time and days that you need me to work and then I'll work my life out around it yeah. to the point where I'll schedule everything in. Um, but also you'll, um, people that are close to me that know me also know that I work on Carla time, which is a bit like Islander time or, um, you know, whenever I turn up. Yeah. It's not that uh, my time is more important than yours. It's just that I feel like I can fit so much into the day or I, I want to be everywhere at once. Actually, just relax your freckle, Carla, and just be somewhere <laughs> present at once at one time, you know? That's the ongoing challenge. Yes. So routine helps me to do that because yes. at least I know where I'm going, what I'm doing. So um, lately, you know, no day is really typical for me, but, um, you know, work, say... I've got to be, so I'm producing television at the moment, news programs. Um, and so I have to be across the news of the day. So breaking news. So I'm at home working, but I know that I physically have to be in at the workplace at 11 a.m. and I'm there till six, seven o'clock at night, which is not that bad of a work day, but consider I do get up 
when I get up five, six o'clock in the morning and I'm instantly on all news sources and websites and things like that um, and planning the show for that day. Um, but in that time, I'll make sure that I exercise, that I've gone to at least at least train at least four times a week, five times a week. The other thing is too, I can't flog my body anymore. So with group training um, and HIIT training specifically, um, I really fell into a dangerous cycle of it was, it was, and it was probably a bit psychological more than anything else because I'm so super competitive and I just kept flogging myself yeah. to the point where I ended up, um, I got a back injury, not as a direct result of training, but as a direct result of improper usage of, um, my hip. Yeah. And I suppose like when you are in that environment, you know, everyone's just pumping each other up yeah. and it's about you get getting as many reps. You, you do yeah. forget the basics of movement, the basics Correct. of mobility. And sometimes you just got to strip it back in yeah. one step at a time. Which is where your partner is gleefully rubbing his hands because he sees broken people like me all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> Keep going to hit training. Keep doing those box jumps. But um, <laughs> it's taken me like 18 months to come back from um, a pretty bad back injury um, and rehabbing and finding a balance again a balance within training so we talk about balance it's amazing this is a great podcast um but balance within so for me it's about doing rehab pilates great. slowing down knowing that i can't keep up with a 20 year old anymore and that's fine um but it took a while to get to that point yeah it took me the best part of two years to get to that point yeah and to be honest like a lot of people listening are in group training and i think it depends on your where you're at physically where you're at mentally so yeah. like take this sort of with a grain of salt everyone um, is different you're all individual yeah but it but it is something to think about like like the why within your exercise like mm. if you're pushing yourself because you want to push yourself that's one thing if you're yeah. trying to compete or keep up or copy yeah. you know like that's when the injuries start coming in because you're just a bit sidetracked yeah. from your like we, we will journey. like in within within the hit classes you know we'll demonstrate the prescribed exercise for that time but actually there's a thousand ways to skin a cat i can give you that exercise mm. in a different way that won't be impactful to you and i think again it comes back to just that empathy knowing hey i've been there like mm. i've done this i don't know everything but i can help you here because i'd rather you tell me oh wow i can actually do that rather than oh, i can't do that yeah. I hate that. I and hate instantly, that but you're bringing that negativity into something that yeah. should be like fueling you. Yeah. Don't yeah. say I can't. You can. Just got to do it Another a different way. way. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the so exercise routine. four days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Anything five else days a week. within your week that kind of keeps you on track? Um, I think like eating well most of the time, because for me, it is about eating. Like I would eat all of the carbs and all of the bread, all of the red wine, all of like all the things that I can't actually process all the time if I could. Mm. But that doesn't help my situation at all. Um, I have digestive issues. I, I believe I have an Italian appetite, but a, a Thai inside. So really I should only be eating like <laughs> rice. pie salad and rice and soups. Whereas my Italian my, brain my eyes, tiger. exactly, exactly. My eyes <laughs> want it. It is so hard to balance. Um, but yeah, just making sure that I eat well and eat cleanly most of the time. And for me, maybe that's like Monday to Friday. I'm exactly the same and yeah. I love that. And it's yeah. important because like yeah. you, 
food is a social thing as much as it yeah, is like for an energy thing. And, and yep. like you don't want to be going to that weekend party and have to eat before at home or yeah. avoid the things you love. Like, yeah. let's be honest, there's nothing better than smashing a pizza or hot yeah. chips or all those things. Yeah. But it's you're right. Like it's I, I like to think of like a 70, 30, 80, 20 kind yeah. of vibe. And Everyone has a different, yeah, 80, 20, 70, 30. Whatever it is, weekday, yeah. weekend, if, if you yeah. will. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's I'm I'm totally there with that. And not denying myself. And if I have like, if I at the moment like I'm I'm like premenstrual, and I was like, oh god, I want to eat everything, like all of the foods. I want to eat all of it now. Yeah, right, right now. now. And it's I think it's recognizing that, knowing when like those things, like whether it's you know, like I always say, like I'm an emotional eater. When I'm happy, I eat. When I'm sad, I eat. When I'm you know <laughs> all the emotions, I'll eat. Um, so it's just recognizing what food like what food is in my life what role it plays and when in the past that i've slipped up and i've just eaten all of my emotions and and it's an addiction like sugar was an addiction for me and um knowing that you actually don't need all that shit to live Mm. but every now and then when i have it it brings me the greatest of joys and like you end up looking forward to it have a different appreciation it's not like an abuse thing it's more like I, earn, I deserve this. And there's yeah. no like guilt after it. Like, no, oh, not at all. I ate so badly last night. It's like, yeah, I had a great time last night. Like, I had the filthiest, most succulent Chinese meal last <laughs> night. And I feel great about it. And my friend was the one that did the ordering. She's like, I want fried rice and combination, combination chow mein. And I was like, really, friend? Like, that, that's all of the carbs that you want. She's like, yep, I want them. And I was like... Well, you know what? Who am I to stand in the way of your Chinese food happiness? And I did order it and it was great. But then I know now also today that I, you know, should probably go and move a little bit and, you know, that's right. Relax and then you just a little bit. balance or recalibrate in yeah. other ways. And that's why I like the Monday to Friday. Yeah. Because I know that at least if I've made the right choices all week, the weekend for me, I can do whatever the hell I want and yeah. not feel bad about it. And I yeah. don't. And also, the other thing is, too, I don't overeat anymore. Yes, that's another thing. So, Portions. Yeah. And whereas before, before I would just eat and not know when to stop. When I started exercising and, you know, it was hard to move, you know, um, with the group training did come um, a nutrition plan and that helped me put into perspective actually how little my body needed in terms of fuel to survive and to keep going. And then it's only when I've got to a certain point, like a point where I am now where I'm like, okay, well, I can relax a bit here and I don't need to be so stringent and I've never really counted calories. I'll never count almond kernels and all that sort of shit. (laughs) But I know like when enough is enough and when I've had too much and when I just need to get back on the wagon. You know when that one slice is going to tip you over. But sometimes we go for it still. Uh, Look, Christmas Day is a perfect (laughs) example. That's right off. You've got to like... Christmas Day full. I reckon this year I might do a big fast before. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something else then. I was like, okay. No, just so I can have all the things. (laughs) Yeah. If your skin is not stretched on Christmas Day, you are not doing Christmas right. right. (laughs) Look, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask, Mm. um, just sort of on the tangent of habits and routines, Mm -hmm. do you have any sort of go-tos that now like when you feel yourself slipping or having a bad day just in a different headspace do you have anything that you do like you know that that kind of pulls you out of that or gets you on track um gosh i don't know one thing okay so with the sweet tooth thing if there's one little hack or little tip i can give you so always for some reason you know and it happens with everyone or a lot of people if you have a sweet tooth 
you'll have a meal and then you're like, oh, I just want like a little chocolate, chocolate or I just yeah. want a little biscuit or I just, I just need a little scoop of ice cream or whatever. Totally fine in moderation. But if you're doing that every night, which is what I was doing and like I live next to a servo, so I would think nothing of going next door and getting a magnum and coming back mm. regularly. And that's not healthy um, at all. Not healthy eating at least. Every now and then, fine. So one thing I started doing was like, okay, every time I felt like that sweet tooth pang coming on, I would have a cup of peppermint tea and a square of dark, like raw dark chocolate. Mm. Now here's the thing. I freaking hate dark chocolate. <laughs> I hate it. I, I was hate say, it it's so no much. No replacement for a magnum. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not at all. It's a very poor substitute. <laughs> Carob is even worse. But I would find like might as well eat dirt. Yeah. So it, I hated it so much, and I just I don't know if it tricked my brain or what. But in the end, I just I I I looked forward to the cup of tea, and then I didn't need the sweet thing anymore, and it was the tea that I started craving. Craving, um, and and it's and also with habits, it takes time to break them. Yeah, and time it, to integrate, like ingrain them in your head. So with with a habit, so um, with my stomach and digestive issues, you have to go. I've I've done FODMAP diets. I've done. Um, elimination diets and it takes eight weeks it takes eight weeks for you to break a habit so if you think uh, if you if if you're listening you're thinking oh i'm i'm one of those yo-yo dieters i i try one i'm on it every two weeks well that's your problem actually you need to last at least two months Mm. you need to, to last at least two months before whatever it is that triggers in your brain that sugar is highly addictive you know the, the craving of carbohydrates, whatever it might be that's your, you know, like Bias. it might be twisties, it might be something, whatever it is, you have to live without it for at least eight weeks before it makes any meaningful difference. Mm. So for me, it was like breaking that habit. So having a dark chocolate square with peppermint tea. Now I don't mind dark chocolate, but like it doesn't, Quite I don't like, taste. yeah, but I don't like chocolate. So that was never my Achilles heel. It was more like portion sizing, not moving my body at yeah. all. So complete sedentary lifestyle and just being miserable as fuck. Excuse my <laughs> language, but like, you know, and I don't have everything sorted and it's okay. Yeah. And I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing most of the time. And that's also okay. And no one does. No. Really. Everyone's on their own journey. Everyone's working it out. But mm. to be honest, like when I think of, happy people you really are like you do spring to mind you're always like no whether it's whether you front it when you're having a bad day or i don't know what it is but you have this beautiful energy about you like you really draw people and you know you empathize and you're very easy to resonate with so i'm glad i met i met you at Oh. this point in your life when you know you have when this... i wasn't an asshole <laughs> no, no, not, not... or when i was down and i'm on my way up you bought in when the stocks were low is that what you're saying <laughs> i've made i've made on my investment yeah <laughs> no well, you in, can in bank on where, it you know now you're you're open to things that i feel like you can help so many people just by sharing your story so. and your personality you're at a point where that is shared with others. And then, you know, Kavit, I didn't know you before. And I'm not yeah. saying you were some horrible monster back then. It's just, I, the person <laughs> no, I, know. I know now is someone who literally springs to mind when I think of like a happy soul. Oh, so, that's yeah, very that's kind. My, that's well, my... I think what you're doing and giving back is an amazing thing. And you're a very accomplished woman. Like, you know, like you have achieved a lot um, and you've sacrificed a lot and you've, you know, from the outset, you look like you've got your shit together. And that this is a one thing that I will stress. I don't have all my shit together. And Not everyone either. does. Full disclosure. Well, yeah, we're just we're just 
doing the best that we can and yeah. we will make mistakes and we will stumble and fall and it's okay. Yeah. And just because you see what you see on Instagram doesn't mean that that's what's actually going on behind closed that's doors. Right. And don't forget like yes, things things go awry all the time. Am I going to post about it? Hell no. Like it's mm. called a highlights reel for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a simple little snapshot of what sometimes our lives are like. That's right. And I think just Try and avoid, you know, all of that negative talk and trying to get out of that and however, whatever that is, but hopefully it's in a positive and healthier way. One that's, you know, enriching and you surround yourself with the right support um, is, is a way out of that and not, not wanting to be anything else other than you, I think, is the hardest thing to do, but the best thing that you can do. I agree. And I think that's a beautiful spot to leave it on. So I want to thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy woman. No, um, but I'm, I really I'm late appreciate... for something already. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you squeezing me into your Carla time. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and if people want to reach out to you or connect, you know, what's the best way they can do so? Um, so you can catch me on uh, the Not Here to Make Friends podcast at mm-hmm. news.com.au. Um, that's really just about reality television. So if you want my take on pop culture and entertainment, that's where you can find me there. No <laughs> doubt that will be extremely... <laughs> It's it's escapism at its greatest. Um, yeah, I'm on Insta at Carla Bignaska or at Carla Bignaska. Um, I'll put links below so people don't have else? to decipher that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That would be great. Um, or I'm on Today Extra every Wednesday Perfect. at about 10 o'clock. Yes. Thank you so much and I can't wait to chat again. Thanks for having me. No drama. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, stop, stop.